When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Reality Radio for a really great future. We're talking real money. Hey, welcome to our little show again. I'm Don McDonald along with Tom Cock, and we're here to talk money. Real money, your life, real life stuff. Making it, saving it, protecting it, spending it, investing it, and not getting ripped off or lied to in the process. And folks, there's a lot of lying. There's a lot of well, there's a lot of lying, there's a lot of bad information, there are tons of mistakes made, and that's what the theme of this hour is. The big mistakes. Tom and I have been doing this for a very long time, talking about well, money Well, I just people. figured out, I was thinking about this the other day, financial journalist, mm-hmm. going back to the late 1980s. Because that's when I swatched over, had the business radio station about the same time, same you time I did the national show, 1980s. Yeah. So, so yeah, wow, we've been at this for a very long time. A combined, uh, a, a, a com- <laughs> combined lifetime. No, or more. No. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, um, we we've seen a lot of big mistakes made over those three and a half decades each, or almost seven decades when rolled together. Please. Yeah, almost okay. seven decades. Um, lots of big mistakes, lots and lots and lots. And it's hard to decide which is the biggest because there are so many. But I'll tell you what, I'm going to let Tom start with uh, one of one of those. And we're only going to try and do five. We might go to six, depending on how well, we're I've got feeling. five of my own. I don't, we well, start with one. This. Start with okay. just one. Give me one. Here's one. One. Biggest mistake. Biggest. Uh, yeah. People generally have a mix of ideas, not a portfolio. Mix of ideas. I'm writing. Yeah, they uh, they come up with uh, something new comes along. I got to own that, and I add that to my portfolio. Basically, what you're saying is they're just buying a bunch of stuff and they don't have a plan. Yeah, Yeah, I think that's true. They're just hodgepodging their way into the future. Well, or they trust somebody else to do it for them, and oftentimes those portfolios are horrible hodgepodgery. Okay, that's a good one. I like that. We're going to put that down. Um, I think the one that resonates with me most, at least right this minute, I'll probably come up with another one later that I think is most, is the tendency among all of us to believe that we know more than the market, that we are smarter than the market, that we're smarter than everybody else, that we have better ideas, that we can predict the future, or... Or that somebody else who's smarter than we are can predict the financial future. And we know that to be absolutely false. Well, no one knows anything more about the future than you do. But we think we do. Or we think somebody somebody. does. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, Or we wouldn't be watching CNBC. We would just be ignoring it. Okay, give me another one. I like that one. Uh, my second one is chasing something new or hot. The latest. We all get caught up in this. Yeah, the FOMO, whatever it is, or YOLO, or 
Oh, no. I mean, it's always something. Right. And we've seen this over and over and over. It, 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 Whether, we've seen it. We've seen it in uh, in the in the tech stocks in the nineties. Yeah, yeah. We saw it in the nifty fifties in the sixties. The nifty fifties sure. in yep. the sixties. Yeah. Uh, we saw it in uh, we saw it in real estate in two thousand six seven. Uh, yep. We saw it recently in meme stocks. We've seen uh, it over the past half a decade in crypto flipping currency. Oh my gosh, just getting more and more publicity every day. And you know almost all of it negative. Not good. Almost all yeah. of it negative. There was a piece in the Washington Post this week about how crypto curmudgeons, they called them, what did they call them? Uh, I can't remember the curmudgeons. Yeah, crypto. Is that who we are? Yes, yes, we oh, are. Okay. Um, we're in that we're, club. We're, we're anti crypto people. How more and more. Smart, well-read, well-spoken people who understand the market are starting to say, the emperor has no clothes. This is a dumb, dumb idea that was perpetuated by a bunch of tech geeks who cannot begin to explain it in a way that any human being can understand. (laughs) So I commented on this article along with hundreds and hundreds of other people. And uh, And you... You could read another one that might open your eyes about a fella, I forget his name now, that uh, got deep into crypto, recommended it to everybody. His firm, by the way, ended up being on both sides of the trade. So when it went straight down, his firm still made money. And somebody just asked him, well, do you feel bad about that? He's like, no, we told you that it was risky. And they've lost most of their money. I mean, it's shocking. Oh, oh. Chasing okay. Something so new chasing or hot. What's, what's, your, what's hot? What's your number two? Because my, I know we got to go to break here in a minute. I know yeah. we're going to go. Okay. No. Okay. Right. My my number two that's that's hot is not learning from your mistakes. Doing the same dumb thing over and over again. Well, I didn't make money in this hot thing, but this friend says this is hot, so I'm going to get into that. We just keep doing the same thing over and over again. We don't learn our lessons. Tom and Don are talking real money. Is your portfolio a mess? You may have a case of hodgepodgeitis, but don't worry, we can help. Just set up a free, no obligation meeting with a Vestory advisor at Vestory.com. No sales pitch guaranteed. That's V E S T O R Y.com. Your guides to a really great financial future. Tom and Don are talking real money. Real money is real life. You need money. None of us are getting through this life without some of it. 855-935-TALK is our phone number, and the more of it you have down the road, the better that life is likely to be. It's not the the root of all uh, pleasure or security, but it certainly contributes. 855-935-8255. Give us a call, and Chris, you're up. Welcome to Talking Real Money. Hey, Chris. Hello, gentlemen. Hey, thank you very much for taking my call. I enjoy listening to your show every week, so keep up the good work. Thank you. The question you. I have for today is the Social Security. I recently got my statement. I'm about to turn 60, um, and if I look at that statement, it has an estimate. If I retire at 62, I should be getting about $2,150 a month. How accurate are those statements in real life? Well, here's the thing. That is based on today's dollars. So Social Security, as you may be aware, 
is adjusted each year for inflation. Uh, and even for next year, they're already saying it may be adjusted upward like 6%. That's one part that will change. The other part will be if you continue to work from now until you start to get it, that could change your your uh, benefit a little bit. A little bit. Yeah, but I think for plant, remember they look at the 35 highest earning years, I think it is. So, I mean, so again, if, uh, it won't be dramatically different than the 2150, uh, but it, 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 it'll be more. I think we can safely say it'll be more adjusted for inflation yeah it's a really accurate number based on today's prices because it as tom said it it's based on such a long earnings history that it would take a huge difference in your life to even change it a few dollars one way or another because it's an average over such a long period it assumes that you will continue to make what you're making today correct until 62 67 or 70 so if you drop way down in your pay over that but it's still only going to be a minor change because of the length of the of the uh the period i hope that helps i can't hear you sorry oh i said i'm sorry um i like the idea of retiring at 62 and my first calculator it'll give me almost three grand a month so i'm thinking I might not have to go to one of those cities you mentioned to earlier. <laughs> We're not trying to send anybody away from beautiful Seattle. No, I mean, and I would be, it would be tragic, by the way, for you to take Social Security prior to at least full retirement age mm-hmm. because it is extremely costly if you live any more than 10 years after you start to take it. Yeah, so if it you have other assets off of which you can live for those intervening four and a half or five years between then and FR, your full retirement age, you're better off doing that probably than taking it early. Unless, of course, you think you're somebody who might not live into your late 70s, early 80s. 855-935-TALK is our number. And Lori, you're next. Welcome to the show. Hello. Good afternoon. Hi, Lori. How are you? Well, I have a question. I'm, I'm good. I have a question. My son has inherited about $1.1 million from his father's death. And he already has a Fidelity Roth. He just turned 29. And the advisor there suggested putting it into um, a Fidelity Inheritance IRA. And I was wondering. So is this, wait, wait, this is, for, is this from a retire? I assume this is from an IRA then. Uh, it's half of it is from a pension. The half of the other half is from a four hundred one k plan with his okay. employer. Yeah, there really is not much choice. So, uh, the government is going to require you to open an inherited IRA at Fidelity once the money's moved from the current retirement plan to the inherited, then your son could take it to any custodian and have it take care of it or have it managed for him. Okay, that's um, that's why I was wondering if, if Fidelity, because when we were on the, the Zoom, you know, we had a meeting, and I asked him if he was 100% fiduciary, and he said he was, but I don't know what the fees are that they charge for handling that inherited IRA. He probably is a 100% fiduciary at Fidelity, and Fidelity has some very good index uh, passive yeah, we make products. Sure you use those, yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, we yep. want to make sure you don't use actively managed. A lot of these 
fiduciaries will still send you into actively managed products, which um, we would rather you not use. But or uh, your son, or Correct. your son. But but yes, he probably is a fiduciary. I don't. Maybe I do know right off the top of my head what fidelity. Yeah, fidelity probably gives they're, a certain amount of leeway to anybody who works there in terms of what they're going to charge you, and by the way, how they may charge you. So they, they still may use products that have a commission attached to them, even though they call themselves a fiduciary. This is uh, one of the problems with the doggone industry. It's not clear enough. But, um, yeah, so, if, again, from a procedural standpoint, there's no way around the fact that those account or account would have to be opened at Fidelity. But then you could do anything if your son, by the way, could do anything he wants with that money. Right. And Does I that make sense? His website, do you have a list of the funds that would be good at Fidelity? I mean, I always hear you mostly talk about Vanguard. Well, Fidelity is also quite good, and we do have some we do have some funds at Fidelity that we like. Yeah. But if if your son's going to use those, if, seriously, if he's going to use the funds we have on on Talking Real Money, I would suggest that he not pay the advisor. That he doesn't just need to. he doesn't need right. to. The advisor is not going to provide anything that makes nope. those fees worthwhile unless the the advisor is providing fiduciary advice along the way. And if you're just going to pick a couple of great funds and leave them alone for decades 30 years yeah you know. uh then just put them put them into those funds at fidelity and yes those are available at talkingrealmoney.com and i uh, guess your homework Lori, would be number one to find for your son or your son find out what the fees would be find out what investments they propose there's yeah. no there's no you don't have they to should tell you here's here's yeah. what we're going to use that they should tell you that and then we could make help you make an analysis as to whether or not those are as don said passive products or active products we don't want people using actively managed mutual funds because the track record is pretty clear that they will underperform market indexes and thanks so much for the call good luck with your son and uh, we wish him well he'll uh, sounds like he has a relatively bright financial future ahead of him if he does this right well very bright spend it very bright if he doesn't spend this money at his age Uh, yeah a lot of money in 30 years yeah. Oh, no pressure. No retirement pressure for him at all. 855-935-TALK. That's our phone number, 855-935-8255. And do check out right, where you can find those funds that we're talking about. If you go to TalkingRealMoney.com and you scroll down to Popular Show Topics, you'll see three funds at three groups. And we have three funds at Fidelity, three funds at Schwab, three funds at Vanguard, and then three uh, iShares ETFs, too, to uh, to consider if and, you want to just build your old, old portfolio. And at the website, you could oh, that's at YouTube, I guess, where you can see Retire Meet again. For those of you looking for something that's to do this U- weekend. YouTube. It's at YouTube. That's uh, our YouTube channel. Messed up. We'll be right back. 855-935-TALK. That's our phone. Tom and Don are talking real money. A second opinion could save your life either physically or fiscally. Let one of our Vestry advisors help you save your future at Vestory.com, V-E-S-T-O-R-Y.com. For your real life and real future, Tom and Don are talking real money. Hi again. I'm Don. Tom's over there. This is Talking Real Money, the radio show on the weekends, the podcast on the weekdays, and this time... I'm pretty sure this one's going to be properly recorded and we can turn it into a podcast. Last week's Saturday show 
is currently on its way to a galaxy far, far away at the speed of light. We hope someone out there enjoys it Grab in the future. It, send it back. Yeah, it should be a little. Yeah. <laughs> Can you just send that signal back to Earth, please? Um, 855-935-TALK is the number to talk about your money stuff. And we're going to do that kind of stuff right now with Vaughn. Hi, Vaughn. Welcome to the show. Hi, Don. Hi, Tom. How are you guys? Great. Thanks for calling. Good question. Uh, 57. I'm uh, retired. I am working as retired, you know, with my same employer, just not as many hours. Uh, I have monthly expenses of 3000 $2,600 of guaranteed money coming in every month. So as I'm working in as a retired casual person, the money I make is uh, enough to cover my monthly expense. I mean, it's enough to cover my monthly expenses plus some. Um, the monthly expenses of 3000 long-term every month, I like to actually have $5,000 a month for traveling and other miscellaneous things and so forth. Uh, no debt and so forth. Uh, no car payments, house payments. My question is, it's, to me, it seemed like it was a lot easier as you're working and in the accumulation phase of life. You know, you're always hope, hoping for downturn, downturns in the market as you continue to put money away. But now at this point in my life, and if I were to, to decide to stop working as a casual worker with my employer, now I'm in that decumulation phase. So now it's a little bit harder for me to understand how to invest uh, in this in this phase in life. Uh, you know, I've always had BTI and, you know, been somewhat aggressive. But now as you get older, it's like you want to preserve but have a little growth. So, um, but like I said, thankfully in our situation, having the guaranteed monthly income from some pensions and things, that covers almost all of our monthly expenses, That that's nice. I mean, I'm very fortunate, but I guess I'm trying to figure out the best way to invest. So when I quit working 100% to gain that extra twenty-four, $26,000 a year, and we do have uh, approximately a million-dollar portfolio. Yeah, I mean, this is always a question. People have a tendency to think there's a dividing line between the time I'm working and the time I'm not working and my investments would be dramatically different. I don't know that that's great advice. Here's the reason why. Most of us, and it doesn't sound like you need much growth, but most of us need some growth. That growth generally comes from exposing your money to stocks. Stocks are more volatile, certainly have been again this year. So while you go on a base of money that is pretty solid, like the bond part, the other part should be trying to get growth because, well, inflation is here, right? And other things are going to be make your life more expensive in the future. And if anything unexpected comes along, be it health, etc., you need another pot of money to sort of cover that. So I still, when I counsel people and on the show... And you counsel you lots still, of people. Yeah, I talk to a lot of people. You still want to have a decent exposure to stocks, not just, okay, I quit working, I want it all on something that's not going to move around much, but it's not going to make much either. So I would still be looking at a moderate portfolio here, Vaughn, that has a mix of stocks and bonds. That's why we say this is a very personal decision. 
it would be nice if there was a an accurate rule of thumb. People do tend to glide past their money so that as they get older, it's more conservative. But it's a two-part process, really. The first part is, how much do I need this money to make for me? And I think you've got that number. And then, historically, how aggressive did I have to be to get to that number? And in your case, it's not particularly aggressive. No, I mean, he could be in a portfolio of 50% stocks, 50% bonds, easily draw the 4% a year for a very long period of time, which would be far more than the 2000 a month you needed. Right. So, and then the other thing is, is then determine how much risk you can take, how much volatility you can stand by taking the risk quiz at TalkingRealMoney.com. Tom and Don are talking real money. Tom and I created Vestry to help everyone become a better investor, even those who will never be clients. Let one of our advisors help you start your financial plan or solve a money problem free with no obligation or high-pressure sales pitch at Vestory.com. V-E-S-T-O-R-Y.com. Reality Radio for a really great future. We're talking real money. Wow, we have a lot of people calling us. It's great. Thank you. 855-935-TALK is our phone number. I'm Don. Tom's over there. This is Talking Real Money, the place where you can, uh, well, talk real money with us. Right? Who would have thought? Who would have thought? Let's see. Who's next? Oh, looks like Cynthia's up. Hi, Cynthia. Welcome to Talking Real Money. Hi, thanks. Um, I tuned in late, but... um did you say do not do actively managed bonds? Yes. Or stocks. They're too yes. Or, or stock. Okay. Um, so if, um, if, so there's a thing called Dodex, um, D-O-D-I-X. Uh, I'm being asked to go into it. It's, it's managed. They're telling me because the economy is so goofy, it's best to have it managed because we oh, don't know yes. which way yeah, it's going to go. Yeah, that's the old excuse that, well, if the if the economy uh, is volatile, then you need to be in you know, an actively so, managed fund. And that Dodix is Dodge and Cox Income, income. Fund. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. couple of reasons you don't want to be in it. Well, here's the big first and biggest reason you don't want to be in an actively managed fund. They cost more than no, an index okay, fund. Just, and let's give you the actual cost. Okay, so today you go get your gallon of gas, say it's 5 bucks a gallon. Do you want to go to the one next door where they're charging you $50 a gallon? That's the difference right. between the Dodge and Cox Income Fund and the Vanguard Total Bond. The Vanguard Total Bond is four basis points. The Dodge and Cox Income uh, Fund is 042 Mm-hmm. So I try to put this into real dollars. People go, oh, well, I wouldn't pay that much for gas. But you, are, if you buy this fund, you are making that exact same judgment. And okay. here's what happens. Here's what makes this so different, Cynthia. You see, if you bought the Vanguard Total Bond Index, you're going to get all investment grade or better bonds, all high-quality paper. So for the Dodge and Cox Fund to compete on yield, they have to, because of those higher fees, they have to put a portion of their fund in junk bonds, in riskier paper. So that's the problem with high fees. And here's the second biggest reason why actively managed funds don't make sense, and that is that no one, I don't care if they're the best manager in the world, no one can predict the financial future. 
period. Okay. You know, I'm kind of disappointed because Schwab is telling me that. Oh, I'm horribly... Di- no, it's, that's not surprising. No, that's not a surprise. No, Sh- not at all. You've got a Schwab advisor who's telling you that, right? Uh, yes. Yeah. You shouldn't yeah, have a... Sh- Schwab has good and bad advisors. Yeah, I mean, and again, I, we don't know this advisor, but in a general sense, you could be at Schwab and not getting 100% fiduciary advice as well. And and we believe, we believe, and I think that the, the, the law is similar that if you can and you can put someone in in an, a very similar fund mm. that costs less money that you are violating your fiduciary responsibility by doing so without giving that person a clear fundamental money-making reason as to why that makes more sense and i think that's very difficult to do with Dodge and Cox income, particularly when you consider that not only is it more expensive, but in this past year, because of the additional risk in that portfolio from the junkier bonds, it has done quite a bit worse. Your bonds have all been down, but yep. uh, but the Dodge and Cox, well, not, not the BND, they're about the same. They're about the same. Uh, but it is taking more inherent risk, and that is what bothers me. You can't. There's no free lunch out there. If you have a higher expense ratio, then the only way a fund can compete is to take more risk. Am they I right? have to. They have to. Yep. And so, please don't fill up at fifty dollars a gallon. That's what I'd say. Thanks for the call. Um, do not buy actively managed funds. Period. Period. Anybody tries to sell you an actively managed fund, they're doing you a disservice because they also then believe, believe that somebody is smarter than the market, which we know is not true. There is so much evidence. I mean, it is overwhelming evidence that the future can't be predicted. And then add to that, there's just this crazy little thing called common sense. Tom and Don are talking real money. Want a free copy of my book, Financial Physics? Well, go download it right now at Vestory.com. V-E-S-T-O-R-Y.com. Your guide to a really great financial future. Tom and Don are talking real money. There's just not a lot going on in life that is more important than the financial dealings. You get it, you go to work, you spend it, you save it. We hope you invest it. We, we realize you're going to get some really bad advice. We realize that our advice differs dramatically from the advice of most people, but most all everything we try to give you, we try to base on science, on real life academic research, not just a hunch. 855-935-TALK is our number. Al, you're next. Uh, yeah, I got a question here. My wife has the... Uh joint taxable account, and I, I've got the Vanguard uh, tax-managed balanced fund. Uh, the symbols mm-hmm. are VTMFX. I was just wondering what you guys think of that fund. Oh, that's well, a, let me have a look uh, and it's a good I'm, fund. It's a, it's a, uh, it's a 60-40 portfolio. Uh, the fees are very reasonable at nine basis points. Nine wow. basis points. Gotta love that. That is just so cheap. You own about 
900 stocks, so it leans really heavily toward the S&P 500. 3,000 different bonds. It's a large cap balanced fund. That's the only criticism I have is you mainly hold bigger companies. Here's an idea. Actually, it's about a 50-50. I take that back. It's not 60-40, about 50-50. Here's an idea. You could keep that. You could add one fund that will give you a little more exposure to small and to value. Don already knows what fund I'm going to say. You're going to say AVUV, aren't you? I am, but for the following reason. It's great exposure to U.S. small value. It's extremely tax efficient due to the fact that it's an exchange-traded fund, and it has a very low expense ratio. Not as low as this. But what about VSMAX, though, if he's already – or not v, VSIAX. Yeah. Which VSIAX, is, which is the small cap value admiral shares. That which would is just, probably cheaper. And, and if it's you did – if you did about 10% in that, that's going to bring you to about a 60-40, a true balance split, and you're going to overweight small in value. Either of those funds. But I tell you what, if I just if you just had it all in the VTMFX, I think you'll be fine. Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, we're, we're, we're quibbling. We're quibbling. And by the way, the, we do. the Vanguard small cap value index is seven basis points. Wow. I mean, the AVUV is seven. Well, you know what amazes me? I mentioned this in a in a recent podcast. The Vanguard Small Cap Value Index is only down about five percent year to date. Well, U.S. Small Value the U.S. Small Value as an asset class is only down one point six percent. Right, but you know what's interesting about AVUV? How bad? <laughs> this cracked me up when I saw it the other day. Zero point zero zero. It was flat? Totally flat. For the year. It's wow. lost you nothing. It's made you nothing for the year. Zero. Which, all things considered, in 2022. That's a great year. That's not a bad thing. That's Give me not nothing. Give me nothing. <laughs> I'll take it. Zero is good. Uh, yeah. yeah. Well, since you raised returns, mm-hmm. before we go to uh, Eric, mm-hmm. the S&P 500 is down over 13% year-to-date, a mm-hmm. global portfolio. Yeah. Balance between big, small value, all those other things down. about half better. So diversification has helped you. Yeah. And by the way, the return last year for the AVUV, this just tells you how much more aggressive it can be. Oh, it is. It was 42% last year. Vanguard's uh, small cap value, 28. Big difference. I mean, it's more more small, small, and more value orientation. I guarantee those things for sure. So a little more expensive, but probably worth it. Again, we have time. We've got a line open yep. for you. 855-935-TALK is our phone number. And Eric, yeah, it's your turn. Hi, Eric. Hi there. Uh, sorry, I'm driving. I'm cut out a little bit. Um, I heard a recommendation the other day or read a recommendation the other day from Susie Orman on I-bonds, and I don't know a thing about them. wondering what you can tell me. <laughs> Go ahead, Tom. Oh, Go ahead, I-bonds, Tom. I-bonds. Go ahead. Susie, Susie. Oh, by the way, Susie has found other ways to buy I-bonds because you can only buy 10000 per person. But she, I heard her webinar, I found some other ways to get in. No, it's only a tax what return. Said, that's it. That's what It's your she tax said. refund. Anyway, no, there's no right. other way you to buy them. You describe them, I'll hammer them. What's yeah, an I-bond, okay. they're, they're, Go ahead. There's no reason to hammer them. They're just... Okay, I'll beat them up. You... You can only do the. Here's the problem with I bonds. You can only do ten thousand dollars plus whatever you get in a tax refund, up to five thousand dollars per social security number. 
So, yeah, so in your house, you could do 20 if yeah, you have two of them. Yeah, she, she may be talking about the way you can probably buy them if you have a tax ID for something else. But um, as a rule, for no, most real— tell real, us why, most why real there's human so much being. interest in them There's today. so much interest around. in them. I have them. They've been around for a long time. I got yeah. them when the rate was seven. I got my and first now batch. now it is? A little over nine. For how long? Just six months. Yeah, I mean, to me, it feels gimmicky. Like, oh, it's great. I get that for six months at $10,000. Okay. And and there's a couple of other downsides. They Mm -hmm. must be owned for a year. You cannot, for any reason, you cannot cash them out for a year, period. For five years, if you take them out, you'll pay a three-month interest penalty, three months worth of the return. Uh, Otherwise... They're very safe. They're government guaranteed. Um, in the worst case scenario, their yield will be nothing. Best case scenario, it's whatever the rate of inflation is, but only for a six month period. And here's the other reason I criticize them because I, I think they're gimmicky. But here's the other. Remember, for the most part, fixed income should be designed to be used to stabilize your portfolio. Why are so many? Why are so many people interested in I bonds today? Not for stabil- stability, because oh, because they're paying nine percent. Oh, for because the they pay seventy. I, yeah, I want that yield. I moved money from my bond funds into I bonds because Fair I know enough. they're st- they're stable. They're part of my bond position. They're a tiny part of my bond position, but I like the fact that a tiny for the same reason I took some money out and put it into a Marcus. Uh, savings account because i was making a little bit more than i was making at my bank okay how about then why don't you own some of those ukrainian war bonds that are paying like 25 percent? because there is no yield there's no safety you see u.s government gives me both safety and a little bit more yield that's why tom's just curmudgeonly I think it's just easy to run around and say, just you get your 9%. Yeah, for, that's because it's what, an easy November. answer. And, you know, I'm not telling people to go out and get them. Uh, but I, I, if you got ten grand and it's sitting in a savings account okay, somewhere. That's and another it's, matter. Sure. Yeah. yeah, okay, that's fair. No, but Su- Susie's yeah. always looking for the latest buzzy advice. Yeah. Buzzworthy advice. And- Susie general advice is good. When you get into the specifics, mm. then I get nervous. Mm. Uh, get our general advice and, uh, is so it it's 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 general it's worse than general it's it's <laughs> basic it's it's white bread it's duh it's duh yeah. it's duh it advice is, yeah, it is yeah it you is. know her advice and dave ramsey's advice is pretty duh um our advice is only slightly duh but it is duh when you think about it. You know, if you buy, oh, yeah, you, you put money in, in more value-oriented assets. Let's see, you're buying undervalued assets. They've done Good better idea. in the past. Yeah. Duh. You buy mm. uh, small companies. Well, small companies have tend to outgrow, tended to outgrow large companies. Duh. All the, the smart advice when it comes to managing money is kind of like a duh thing. We'll be back. Tom and Don are talking real money. Is your portfolio a mess? You may have a case of hodgepodgeitis, but don't worry, we can help. Just set up a free, no-obligation meeting with a Vestory advisor at Vestory.com. No sales pitch, guaranteed. That's V-E-S-T-O-R-Y dot com. For your real life and real future, Tom and Don are talking real money. And if you need a little more detailed help than we can give you here on the show or the podcast, very, very simply... 
go to vestory.com. That's our firm, Vestory by Appella. And we'll give you some time with one of our advisors. And that includes Tom from time to time. Absolutely. So just to say, he's still there. Yep. So set up an appointment by going to vestory.com. That's V-E-S-T-O-R-Y.com. You just scroll down the page to the appointment setting tool, and we will take care of you. No sales pitch, no obligation. Vestory.com. We hope you realize that the information provided on Talking Real Money is for informational, educational, and hopefully enjoyable purposes only. Providing personalized financial planning or investing advice takes time, so please consult with a really good fee-only fiduciary investment tax or legal advisor. We know a good one. Investing must always involve risk. In other words, you can and probably will lose money at times. Also, as much as you want it, no one can accurately and consistently predict the future, so past performance doesn't tell you a darn thing about what the future will bring. Unlike many other programs that say something similar, Talking Real Money is not trying to get you to buy or sell any financial product or securities. Instead, the program is provided as a public service by Appella Capital, a fee-only registered investment advisor. Thanks for listening, and please visit TalkingRealMoney.com for more information and disclosures. Are we done now?